what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 68, volume 3 of the Planet Earth's 333rd ranked podcast amongst children of the 80s. I am Chad East, and I am a big fan of watermelon milkshakes, second shot vaccinations, and making memories over spring break. Yeah, yeah. My name is Hank Eimer, and I'm a big fan of accidentally having spring break break sneak up on you without making plans, and then suddenly you're heading to the beach. Warmer and longer days that keep you outside and uh, getting used to seeing people's faces after they've been vaccinated. Yes, the word of the day, Hank, today is vaccination, and it rhymes with vacation, so we'll talk about both vaccinations and vacations, but... Hank, you had your second shot last week. Am I correct? I am correct. You are correct. We are correct. Everyone's correct. We are correct. Everyone is correct here today. And I had my second shot, and I think we both shared two different types of experiences. So I'm going to start with mine, okay? And then we'll go to yours, and let's uh, educate the the audience on what to expect for their second vaccination. So, Hank, the first one, you know, had the first one 30 uh, days ago. Hit the arm, the left arm. I was perfectly fine. A little sore, but nothing out of the ordinary. No other symptoms beside a little bit of a sore arm for 24 hours. Now let's 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 fast forward 30 days, which happened uh, last Wednesday. I get my second shot, and I was a Moderna uh, patient, Hank. So I took the Moderna vaccine. Um, uh, doc hits me up. Boom. She says, "All right, you might feel a little weird." You know, you might get flu-like symptoms. You feel very tired, lethargic. So a couple other things may happen, but you'll be okay. Just you got to give it normally about twenty-four hours, and everything will dissipate, and it'll be life as normal. I walked out of that doctor's office like, you know what? Nothing is going to stop me. I'm not going to get any symptoms. I'm not going to feel terrible. I'm going to go right along with my day like a a typical day because I'm leaving for the beach for spring break tomorrow, and nothing's going to stop me. I get through my Wednesday, do all my work. My shot was administered at 1045. Get through my work day, get all my work done, come home, eat dinner with my family, start watching a little television. And, you know, around 1130 p.m. or or midnight, um, I start shaking. I literally I start shaking, Hank. And so sweat is beating up on my forehead. I'm, I'm shaking. I'm feeling this real terrible headache coming from the bottom of my head all over the top of it. A um, uh, little sore throat begins. I start panicking a little bit, Hank. I start panicking. So um, I don't sleep one hour that night. I cannot sleep. Shaky, shivery, kind of like a normal Sunday night for me, you know, after a long weekend. That's how I'm feeling. So anyway, I, I try to get up the next day because we're leaving for the beach at 2.30. I try to get up. Can't move very well. Can't. I feel like I got run over by a truck, Hank. So anyway, uh, persist. The symptoms continue all day, all through the next evening as well. Like the next Thursday, we're now we're, we made it to the beach. Five hour car ride, just terrible. 
get to the beach, wake up the next day on Friday and finally feel kind of back to normal. So it was like a 36 hour roller coaster ride of shakes, shivers, headaches, sore throats, achiness, your typical flu symptoms. Um, Go ahead. I, I want to hear about how how you responded to your second no, no, vaccine. I, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about you first. Let's not get off you. Let's not lose that topic okay. real quick. But you know, so Wednesday <laughs> you introduce this this um, shot to your system, and um, yes, and uh, you took it easy that night, right? You took it kind of easy. You sat and watched oh, TV with absolutely. your family. You didn't. You know, sure. you're, you're getting ready for the beach and everything. See, that's the absolutely. problem. Your body was ready for some sort of shot because we all know that hump day is Chatty's like prime the pump day, right? So you like to prime uh, the pump a little right. bit on Wednesday. And so your body probably was trying to say, I'm this white or this clear foreign liquid that is in my body that doesn't feel like Tito's. We got to fight it because obviously <laughs> Chad's going to introduce that at some point, right? So it was just doing its job. It was uh, just being, uh, that's just the way it rolls. Uh, so let me tell you a story about the way <laughs> body just working overtime, it's right? Just there. Working overtime. It's just trying to yeah, find room for, for the Tito's. So I got mine a day after you got yours. <laughs> okay. Day after my first one, okay. same thing. Didn't feel bad. Uh, arm felt pretty sore, a little bit sore than what a normal shot would feel like. I'd say it was, you know, it was pretty sore. My left arm was. Right. So we go 28 days and uh, my wife took it the same day you did. So she took hers on her second shot, the 20, you know, 30 days later on a Wednesday, I was getting mine on Thursday, on Thursday. So she gets hers at like, I don't know, 6 PM sleeps fine through the evening, right? All day. She's fine on Thursday, four o'clock. I go get my shot about four o'clock. She starts feeling a little bit flu, like, you know, tired, little achy, mm-hmm. right? Little achy, um, late goes and lays in bed, go eat something. Then, goes and lays in bed again, Friday morning, wakes up completely fine. Okay. So compared to yours, she had a very, right. very mild. Okay. I will tell you that she's a lot tougher than you. Mild, yeah. This woman has been through a lot more than you have been. So <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you that she just, no doubt probably, about that. she probably felt the same things, but she's just tougher than you. I got mine on Thursday. Right. And, uh, so I, I saw Reagan, ball you know it was like a baller through it she kind of like muscled through it so uh thursday night i go to sleep i feel fine friday morning i wake up and um i feel pretty good friday morning i'm like i I, you know i i didn't have work so i was like i'm gonna maybe exercise and then wait for my brother-in-law carson to get in which you know that's a that's trial on the body anyway so he gets in he gets in about one about two o'clock I can start to feel a little tired, a little achy, a little feeling a little bad. And so I kind of battle it because they just got there. So I don't go lay down. I just, you know, I, I just kind of go through it, but feel not so great. Go to bed about 11, right. feeling not so great. Had some Tylenol. Next morning, woke up feeling great. So I can't tell you that mine was okay. as bad as yours because well, mine, mine wasn't terrible. My left arm hurt for days after that one, though. Because it was pretty, it was pretty banged up. It was, sure. uh, it was pretty sore, but all in all, it wasn't that bad. And I had Moderna too, so I don't know if there's a difference between the Pfizer okay. one, the Moderna one, the Johnson and Johnson. But the Johnson Johnsons, you know, one shot. So I, we're gonna have to talk to some people that right. maybe get you know some uh, some people out in the field answering some questions about it. Yes, 
Absolutely. Yep. Let's get the data right, Hank. Let's interview the Moderna, the Johnson & Johnson, the Pfizer. Let's get all this data together, and let's compare whose story for the second vaccination is worse. I like to put mine up there, say I was probably I probably had the toughest case of anyone in the world, Hank. What do you <laughs> Every, think? Anybody in the world? I bet you did. I bet you had the worst case ever, and uh, you should be commended I, I for that. I Maybe did. we should get a spot. I, you agree to the other record. Who knows? There's an East in there every other weekend anyway. So we all get you a spot. In that's day. very true. So, so tell me this: when you got very, spot, very true, when you got your shot and you made it down to the beach, right? You made it down there, and you start, you know, you, yeah. Once you start feeling good, you realize you got that second vaccine pumping in, and and remind you, it takes a couple of weeks to take full effect. Right after you got it, sure. Were you kicking that mask off, kicking indoors to get him? Restaurants and grocery stores and bars <laughs> and saying, "I got two shots. Come get me." Right, right. I know exactly what you're feeling. You feel for like a split second once the shot is it's entered your body and you've left the the waiting room of the, the hospital or the pharmacy or wherever you get it. When you walk out those doors and this beautiful sun hits you on your face and you you feel almost kind of invincible for a few seconds. But then you remember, just like you said, you know, for a couple of weeks, it's, you, they still say you're not in the safety zone until two weeks after the shot. But you do. I, I felt good. I felt I felt like um, I had closed one door and opened another, and it was time to walk through it and start 2021 off, you know, a fresh start, I guess is what I'm saying, Hank. A fresh start, leaving the COVID behind us, you know? Yeah, 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 good good work. I, I'm with you. I, I think it's funny because the one thing that I, I will tell you is my fall and winter, I've never yeah. been more healthy. So, you know, wearing a mask and washing your hands and stuff like that. You know, I usually have some allergies, usually get a cold, usually get whatever. Who's to say that after everybody's vaccinated or whatever, and if they find out if we have to have another vaccine, you know, at the end of the year with flu and it's a booster or whatever. Who's to say that half the population doesn't wear a mask anyway, because they're like, you know what? I I don't want to get sick. And last year I didn't get sick. Yes. So I'm just going to rock this mask, whatever, whenever. It, you know, that's such I mean, a great I, point. I was thinking the same thing last fall and winter. That was the healthiest I have ever been. I didn't even have a sniffle, Hank, not yeah. even a sniffle. And so yeah. I, I guess it, it's you do have I bring up a really good point. Yeah. The washing the hands, the wearing the mask. So you're preventing these germies to get all up in you. And so I feel I don't feel like I will wear a mask everywhere I go. But I will tell you, if I travel on an airplane, I plan to probably wear a mask. If I uh, am on a, in a crowded, like if I'm ever on a train or the subway, I plan to wear a mask. You know, I don't know if you've been to football. I would probably wear a mask. I think I would at a football game. I think if I go to a Braves game or anything like that, I'm putting on a mask. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So things will definitely be different as we, move past COVID, but uh, we'll definitely take precautions. And we've all learned something from this past 12 months for sure. Um, Speaking of going places, I know it's our kids spring break this week, Hank. And I was at the beach last weekend, a beautiful quick trip to Kiowa. I don't know if you, have you been to Kiowa before? I have, I have. It's a great place. Oh my gosh. I was, I hadn't been there since uh, high school and my girls had not been there yet. And so we got down there and experienced all the things that you do at Kiowa. I rode the bicycle more probably in that 48, that 72 hour period. I was there than I have probably all of my bike time 
combined since I was a young child. We were on the bikes at like nine and stayed on them all day. We went over the entire island from east to west on the bike pass. We saw alligators. We saw herons. We saw a raccoon almost get hit by a car and a groundhog. It's pretty yes. cool. Yes. yes, yes. We ate fantastic foods. And yes, Hank, I did eat the vaccination or the vaccine. Actually, it seemed like it increased my appetite dramatically for about 48 hours, which is odd. You would think it may, would make you not want to eat. And when I felt terrible, I did not want to eat. But when I came through and saw, you know, saw the light at the end of the tunnel, the first thing I wanted to eat was no more baby okra. Let's go for a big steak. Yikes. Daddy wanted a big steak. Yeah. So daddy got a big steak at the beach. It was uh it was glorious. Um, yeah, so a really, really good time had by all. So uh, your spring break is coming up. So you're going to Charleston, I hear, my friend. Yeah, so we we didn't have plans to do anything. You know, we don't we didn't we do have soccer on the weekends, but that was easy because it was here. So we were really kind of just staying around here. My brother in law and sister in law came in this past weekend. I had to work this week, but it's kind of like Harris was doing stuff with Ray during the day with buddies. And so it's going to be kind of like a relaxed one. Well, yes, two days ago, we get a call from another friend of ours who plays on a different baseball team. And they had a little boy get hurt a couple of weeks ago. And they're, you know, scrambling to make sure that they had enough people to play. Well, Sunday night, one of their other players breaks his fingers, like two fingers. And so mm. they didn't, they didn't feel like they got enough kids to make this team and it wouldn't be such a bad deal, but um, they're playing in Charleston. So, you know, you've got parents getting off of work. You've got, you know, family members already making this spring break trip. And so um, he called me, the coach called me and he was like, Hey, this is, I don't know what you got going on, but do you guys have anything going on this weekend? And I, we didn't, I just asked Ray. I mean, I asked Harris, I was like, you want to play down there? And the place that we played, we played before it's incredible parks and, I mean, it's just, it may, they're all turf fields and it makes the kids feel like they're big time. And so Harris was all excited about it. And I asked Reagan, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we're going to the beach. So it turned into an impromptu beach, yeah. trip, real quick, which is, which is cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's always, I have a real problem. And I, I think we talked about this. I have a real problem with planning. I need somebody to plan my vacations. I need, and Reagan and I are the same way. You know how like sometimes right. you have a spouse that's like uber good at it. And, you know, it'll be six months away from spring break. Yes. Hey, let's go do this. I'm going to buy the plane tickets. I'm going to book the yes. hotel. I'm gonna, Reagan and I don't do that. We we, we needed one of the other one to right. do that. And we married people that don't do it. So um, it, it just ended up being, being good. How about you? You uh, you done this weekend? Are you just here? Yep, we are here. We had our little uh, getaway last weekend, so we've got some soccer games coming up this weekend. And of course, Hank, we cannot forget, this is Masters weekend. So the uh, golf tournament, probably my favorite golf tournament of the year, takes place this weekend. It actually begins tomorrow, which is Thursday. And um, I'm looking forward to a lot of golf action on the tube. We actually had our seventh annual a master's draft last night and it went off without a hitch. I know you were invited, but couldn't attend. Couldn't attend. Um, I can give you, I could give you a brief synopsis. So typically I don't know if where have you ever attended one of the master's drafts, Hank? I was at the first one. Yes. So if you recall the first one, there might've been maybe six to eight participants. Remember it was very, very small. Yep. And so th this is our seventh one and we had 52 participants last night. Yeah, so it started, you know, the first one you were there, we had eight. Now we're up to 52 people. And so we set it up in the breezeway at the Lake Hickory Country Club. And 
everybody, they set up like sandwiches, just like you would have at Augusta, little pimento cheese, little egg salad. They had desserts like peach cobbler and all the things that you would see at Augusta. And of course, they had lots of beer. And uh, I emceed the event and uh, it went off without a hitch. It was just a really, really good time. A uh, good time had by all. Who'd you, uh, who'd you end up getting in? What position were you drafting in and who did you get? So, yes, I drafted in the 13th spot and I uh, was able to get Tony Finau in the 13th spot, who's had a pretty good year. He's struggling a little bit right now, but I, you know, maybe this will be his time. And my second pick was this dude named Sebastian Muno, Munoz, which I don't even know who the heck he is. But um, everybody, because there's 88 players at the Masters, so everybody basically got, got two picks. The number one pick went was Justin Thomas. So he was the number one overall pick. Number two was Dustin Johnson. So anyway, it should be uh, one heck of a weekend uh, golf-wise. When did uh, when did Spieth go? Because, you know, he's playing out of his mind right now. He won last weekend, then he has like seven yes. top tens. When did he go? Yes, so Spieth. This is interesting. This is, I'm glad you brought this up. So about four weeks ago, Vegas odds had Spieth at a 50-to-1 shot to win the Masters. 50-to-1 after his run, because he's been on fire, as you mentioned. Um, they now have him as the tied with the favorites at 8-to-1. So in yeah. three weeks, 50-to-1 to 8-to-1, to Spieth went at the number six, sixth spot. Who got him? He was drafted to number six. I cannot recall off the top of my head, but uh, – um, I think anyway, the general, yeah, that's a pretty good pick. Someone did say something that makes a lot of sense. So Spieth has not won on the PGA tour until last week since 2017. So it's been kind of like this monkey on his back. You know, he struggled, struggled. He started playing better and he finally tasted glory last weekend. Will that, you know, all that pressure he put on himself to get that win to taste, taste or get to victory lane again. Will it all because he won last week? Will he have anything left in the tank for the Masters? I would say yes. You know, if I the Masters, you you live for a moment like this, and he's got a lot of momentum. But did he kind of shoot his wad, if you will, last week with his win, or do you think it can carry on? Oh, I think I I think winning last week's the best thing to ever happen to him. I think he'll walk into this week with. There's no not not that he has monetary pressure. He has plenty of money, but you know, right? He's made a big purse last week. He's got a victory. He's done really well. He's learned not that he's learned how to lose, but he's had to learn how to lose. So if he loses this weekend, it's not as big as it was when he came in like a rocket ship, winning everything, winning a Masters, and then going down. He understands what failure is now, or he better because he's been failing. So either he's going to come in here a new man and say, I don't, ha- I, I've, I've got to win. I got a big purse. I'm going to just play my game. Um, you know, I think that that's what it would do. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun to watch. So everything kicks off tomorrow, Thursday through Sunday. Typically in Hickory, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome on a Sunday. You're going to, when are you coming back from Charleston? Uh, Sunday night. I, I don't know what time. Sometimes it depends yeah. on what time we play. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. 
normally one of the fellows that uh, is in the master's draft will kind of like host a little Sunday afternoon event. Sometimes it's on the little town course we have in town. So we'll go play a couple holes and then come back and watch some of the golf tournament and go play a couple more holes and come back and watch the finale, which is always a blast. So I would definitely look forward to that on Sunday for sure. Hopefully it'll work out. But um, I did have a question that was actually posed to me today, Hank, and I want to I want to throw it by you. And, you know, we're, this is going back to a segment we had in our first year of Big Fan. It's a uh, deep thoughts by Chad East. OK, so oh, this is a deep thought for you, Mr. Eimer. Would you rather be 50 years old? OK, worked your whole life to build up a business and around 50 years old. The business, it, it, it's not like it just comes in suddenly. You have worked hard and you've put in the, hard, the hours, the sweat, the tears, and you've built a business that is worth $100 million, okay? So you're 50 years old. You've been working so hard right after college for 30 years to build this business, and boom, it's valued at $100 million. All this hard work is paid off. Or would you take your 30 years old, out of college, you had about seven jobs. Nothing really you're passionate about. It's just a paycheck. You know, you get a paycheck, you go to work nine to five. Nothing that you really bought into. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing like real estate for you right now. It's a passion of yours. You want to succeed. You know, you work so hard to, to taste success. This scenario I'm describing, you're 30 years old. You have it really you don't really even care about being successful you're just going day to day and then you get this call that ding 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 you've just won a hundred million dollar lottery ticket right or whatever would you rather be the 30 year old with not much ambition but boom gets lucky one day and hits it big for a hundred mil or the 50 year old who's put in the work you know he's dedicated and worked but you know he's 20 years older and he's earned a hundred million. Right. Talk to me. Which scenario would you prefer? It's hard to answer that question with just a yes or no, because I would much yes. rather build that company up and have the satisfaction of something I created. You know, it, it worked. That's what I think is like it, it worked. What you were doing worked yes. and somebody saw value yes. in it. And so I, I would much rather do that. But would I rather take the other scenario because I would rather get that money at 30 and do something with it, <laughs> right. you know, and, and do something you love because, you know, you talk about like passion and stuff like that, that you like with your job. You know, there's things I, I guarantee that you wouldn't look yourself in the mirror when you're 18 and say, you know what? Printing's going to be my life. It's going to be what I do every day. <laughs> you're going to pick something else. You're going to be a movie star. You're going to do something else, right? I might coach right. baseball. I don't know. But at 30, you sure, hit the sure. lottery. Maybe you find that passion. Maybe you figure out that there's something out there that, I like that. ignites a fire in you. And that's what it ends up being. So, you know, would I like to be able to build something at 50 and do it? Sure. But would I like the flexibility to get that million dollars and really do something I know I love and make zero money at it? Probably spend money doing it. That's probably the road I'm going. I love your honesty, Hank. And so I was driving down the road. As you know, I, I, I've been on the road all day and just got back to, to do our podcast just here in the nick of time. So I was thinking about it. And I, I, so I weighed the options, right? So think about this. If you do the 50-year-old route, 
and you've earned the money. So people, they know you got a lot of money, but family, friends, they're not going to call you and ask you for a handout. Hey, man, let me borrow this. Let me borrow that. If your friends and family knew that you hit a $100 million free money lottery ticket, they would be coming out of the woodworks. Hey, man, hey, congratulations on the win. Yeah, you might spot me 50 grand real quick. Hey, can I borrow $100,000 for that boat? You know, if you work the 50 year or the, the business deal, people ain't going to come at you like that. So that's one pro and con, right? You know what? You I, don't the- be, I don't want to be your friend because listen, <laughs> if you're my buddy and I win that hundred million and you come up to me and you say, I got a great idea. I need 50 grand. You know what, Chad? Yeah. You're yeah. going to get that 50 grand. You're going to get it. <laughs> you know what you just did? You just slammed the door in my face. If you win. No, listen grand. to me. I'm, I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is you will have your good friend's second cousin who's married to their neighbor coming at you for stuff. I'm not saying your friends. I'm talking about cats you never see, you haven't seen since first grade. And it's not even the cat from first grade. It's his sister's girlfriend. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? You, These are the people. Dude, I'll, I'll mush that guy. I'll mush. <laughs> I'll have pleasure mushing that guy. Yeah. Here's another pro and con the opposite way. You know that big check they give the lottery winner, you know, when they win the. Oh, yeah. If, if you go with the build your business, you never get the chance to hold that big check. I want to hold that big check and hold it over my head and smile and let the cameras get me, you know, smiling with the big check. I like to hold big checks, Hank. That has always been fun. It's always been a dream of mine, right? It, it never gets old. It never gets old holding that big check. Uh, so anyway, that's just some dumb stuff I was thinking about on the car ride home. Dang. Would I really pass up building a kind of empire and working hard? Or really, does that big check, me holding the big check mean more to me than working hard? I think the big check is more important, Hank. See, we're going the same route. Me and you, Chad, we're going the same route. Big check. And we've talked about this a million times on this show. And actually, we've talked about it probably two million times outside of this show. But again, you win the lottery. You got 100 mil. What are we doing first, Hank? What are we doing first? We're, what we're doing first is you're getting a, a, a call or maybe a text message because I wouldn't have okay. fun. I wouldn't have the time to do it. And I yes. would say, meet me at Hickory Airport. Okay. Yes. By the time you get there, I would you have either arranged for a large plane to come there to pick us up or a way to get us to a large plane to take us somewhere. Okay. Yes. I don't know where that place is. I don't know right now where it could be Bora Bora. It could be Vegas. It could be Mm -hmm. Europe. I don't know. But all I'm going to say is you don't have to show up with Jack. You just go get there with your wife. Okay. You're going to get on the plane. And when you step off, we're just going to go buy new crap. We're just going to go buy new crap. We're going to go sit by the pool. We're going to drink margaritas and just have a time, have a time. Man, I hope you win that lottery. God, I hope you win that lottery, boy. Because I'm <laughs> buying into this dream of yours. I will meet you at the Hickory Airport here in 25 minutes if I need to. I'm ready. I'm ready you, to go. I don't even need to give you 25 minutes because I'm not telling you to bring anything. I, yeah, don't even bring a – we'll buy new cell phones out there. I don't care. Let's just – come on. <laughs> just, just drop everything. Let's go. Don't yeah. come, come hungry. Come with nothing in your hands. Just get over mm. there. Just get over there. How about you? What, you? what are you treating us to if we, uh, if you win it? Oh, I, man, I'm still stuck in your dream right now, buddy. I cannot get out of your dream world. I'm just – Liv, 
Uh, will you start the car? I got to head to the airport here in a few minutes. Go ahead and start the car, okay? Thanks, babe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know I would make it a point. I would dare us to spend a five million dollars. If we right, want hundred, right. I dare us to do it. Let's see if we can do it. Let's do like it. that movie Brewster's Millions. Yes. Remember that movie Brewster's Millions? Yes. You know, oh, let's try to spend ten million dollars tonight. Let's do it tonight. Oh my god, that would be fun. Let's do it. Let's spend five million. Let's see if we can do it. Let's, and oh, and do you know how crazy you have to get to spend five million dollars over a weekend? I wouldn't even want to think about it, buddy. Because we'd probably be dead. We probably would be dead after that evening. We've you know? almost been dead after spending fifty dollars. So I can't, fifty dollars. I can't imagine. I can't imagine five million dollars. Oh yeah, remember? Yeah, because that you're exactly right. We had no money, but we were acting like we were big ballers for our friend's bachelor party. I get locked in the basement of a hotel for three hours. Can I find my way out? Thank God, a custodian came and opened the emergency door and let me get out of there. And that, how much money we have in our pocket then? Like, yeah, $58. We were broke. We were, we were so broke. But boy, did we have fun. We had the oh, we had, What a time. What a time. Oh, man. This is, this is great. I, I love talking about pretending like I'm rich. So, buddy, anything else going on today? As I said, I had a rush over here from being on the road all day in High Point. So I'm going to have to make my way back to work here shortly. But I don't want to leave. Just yet, if you don't, if you think we've got some more that we need to talk about, I got two topics to talk about. Okay, let's do it, man. Being okay. First of all, let me let me let me get on the serious one, and then the, the secondary one. My man Roy Williams, for everybody that's a UNC fan, my man Roy Williams decided mm. to announce his retirement this week, right? And I was a little bit pulled away, and I'm I, I, the reason I wanted to bring this up is I wanted to get uh, NC State now. I, I I imagine I can trust that you respect Roy Williams as a coach and what he's done in the baseball, I mean, in the basketball community. But I just felt like his retirement was odd, like that they didn't go ahead and say Hubert Davis was going to be the head coach, that they, it just seemed like it was a little bit weird how that went down. And you always think, did something happen? You know, did did something happen with Roy that caused him to be pushed out? Were they making other phone calls? Were they looking mm-hmm. at Mark Few? Were they looking at um, uh, the guy for the Celtics, uh, Brad Stevens? Were they looking? You know, were they making those? Yeah, Brad Stevens calls, making mm-hmm. those phone calls. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, I'll I, I'll say that this, and I I think most would agree that every program, but Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky your coaches were at risk. You, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're at a risk of leaving your program. Right. You know, Tony Bennett could have said, you know, I was a longtime co- Tar Heel fan and I, I can leave Virginia for it. Mark Few may say, sure. you know what, I'm going to get another better recruits if I go down there. So th- those are the only three programs that you can really say, right. you know, your coach isn't safe. And so did they, were they still in the midst of making phone calls? What were they doing? Right. So let me ask you this. This is you bring up a good point here. So did why did you think it was weird? Did you feel like it was um, like a rush decision? Like this is what I, I'll tell you before I ask that question. So I feel like Roy over the last two years. And yes, I am an NC State fan. However, I do. I do have respect for him because I do not like, you know, I'm not a 
I hate the Tar Heels, but I have to respect Roy because his players loved him so much, and they seemed to play for him. They played hard for him. You know, um, so I, I do have to give him his respect. But did you feel like he was pushed out by the way the new college basketball game is? Or you're talking about pushed out by his peers there at Chapel Hill? Or do you think it was a decision on his own? I, I don't know. What, what are you I feeling here? I feel like he's been pushed out by the game. I feel like he doesn't know how to coach. I don't, and this is going to, most Carolina fans are probably going to disagree with me. I don't think he's a great X and O guy. Like, I don't think he's a great, I bet you in the living room, when he sits in the living room, like Krzyzewski's a great X and O guy, but I bet you when, when Roy sits in the living room, he dominates. I bet you everybody in the family falls in love with him, that they understand he's going to be a father figure on campus, yeah. that he's going to watch after their kid, that he's going to – and that's where he wins these families over. I don't think he was a great coach. And I think he he needed seniors and juniors and um, chemistry and kids there for longevity to be able to play his type of game. And you're not getting mm-hmm. that kind of player anymore, especially at that program. They're getting one and dones. And, you know, I think the transfer right. portal is awful – I think giving kids the ability to jump from school to school and schools allowing them to jump to school to school is terrible. So I think, I don't think Carolina would ever push out Roy. Roy would have been there forever. I think Roy just recognizes he's got better crap to do than try to babysit a kid for a year and then watch him hit the transfer portal and go somewhere else after, you know, he's trying to like create him into a player. You know, I'm sorry, you're not going to get drafted in your first year. You may need to shoot better next year. It, that wasn't my fault, you know, that you mm-hmm. shot 30%. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it was more the system that is pushing him out. I, my whole concern was is when Roy Williams retires or Mike she- – if Mike Krzyzewski retires, do you not think that Duke would have said we – Duke is – Mike Krzyzewski is re- uh, retiring and this is who's coming in? Like to have a plan? Here's the replacement. Here's I understand the replacement. What I understand what you're saying now. Yeah. Yep, I got you. I got you. I got you. What you're saying now. So, uh, you know, going back to the replacement, who is Hubert Davis? Do you like that hire? Like, do you think that is a strong hire for a, you know, for a program just like you explained or described? Carolina can have any coach in the entire world that they want. And did they settle for Hubert Davis because he's in the family, right? Yeah. He's in the family. So, I mean, is that, is that how you're kind of feeling about it? Yeah. I think, I think that they had no other option if, unless they could have, if they could have got a Brad Stevens or a Mark few or Tony Bennett Mm -hmm. or, you know, because you have to be a certain level of coach to come to Carolina. You know I mean? Or to who's going to, who's going to go in behind Mike, uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Who's going to go in behind Roy Williams. Because, because they were talking about that Wes Miller kid from UNCG. Now they're like, yeah, he's had great right. He's been beating up NC, uh, North Carolina A&T. And, you know, all, the schools right. right here. There's no way because he's in that family. Now, if he gets another job at Cincinnati and does well, or he gets a job at, you know, uh, another right. school, Georgia, and does well or something, then then he can come back. But right. I feel like seeing that they didn't get that top-level guy, the next guy was Hubert Davis. I don't love him. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a – very similar. I think he's going to be a player's coach, but he's he's probably not going to be a great X and O's guy because he hadn't been coaching with a great X and O guy, if that makes sense. So, but there's going right. to be continuity. Yes, yes, there's going to be a continuity with the players, and so maybe they hold on to these players and they can still recruit the same because they've got that same continuity. But um, I would have liked to have seen them go outside the family, but that's just not their deal. 
Sure, exactly. That that was probably the safest bet in all of Las Vegas was Hubert Davis was going to be the next coach there. And I agree with everything you're saying. I Give it three to five years, brother. There's going to be another coach in Chapel Hill. I don't think it's going to work. I do not think it's going to work. So. I don't anyway, either. That's that. I don't either. But that's yeah. I, I just wanted to ask that question for you. But my second question, and this is this is just a more of a rhetorical question. I would like to hear about, you know, we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on right in the world right now. We got, you know, COVID and if you look, you know, furniture and hickory's messed up because of the foam industry yeah. and it's taken a beating because of weather down there, you know, down in Texas. I, you know, yeah. it's just been crazy. How messed up do you have to be? I'm talking about like drunk, whatever. How messed up you got to be to jackknife mm. a ship in the Suez Canal? <laughs> how messed up you got to be, man? That thing has yeah. man, like full of toilet paper. How how messed up? Like, do you think that that guy was like, I'm getting ready to mess up the, the entire economy right here. I'm just getting ready to jackknife this thing right in the middle of the canal. I'm just going to cost the world about $22 billion because I turned it a little bit too far left. I mean, how big in that ship, how big they describe how big that ship is, right? Do, do you remember? I mean, I, it, I don't know, but how, it turned like a jet ski. I can tell you that much. This guy was, this guy was <laughs> over there thinking that he's going to do a power slide with this thing. Oh, that poor guy, you know, when it's, it gets all jacked up and he can't move. He just puts his head in his hand. Like, what have I done? What have I done? You know that feeling? It just overtakes you like, oh my God, I'm a dipshit. <laughs> you know what I kept envisioning? I kept envisioning the captain going like, hey, hey, Roger, come over here. I need to use a restroom real quick. And he runs out to the bathroom. He comes back and is like headed into shore. And he's like, what the hell happened? Uh, oh, that's so funny. Oh yeah, that poor guy. My goodness. Oh, at least it's, They've got it unwedged now, and so our toilet paper can finally get to us here. Um, but you talk about that furniture, you know, the delay with foam. Well, I heard today a humongous foam shipment got to Hickory on Monday. So now let's start churning out that furniture, boys and girls. Let's make some money. Let's do it. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, funny stuff. I'm glad you weren't driving that barge, Hank, that large vessel. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. And I don't want the responsibility, but I, I, I just was, when they were describing it to me, I was like, what's that guy got to be like, what you got to be doing to get that ship to that point? I mean, it was, if you look yeah. at it, if, if this is like, and I'm on camera with you, this is the way the ship's got to go. Right. This thing, this thing was like right. this, like how, yeah, like, exactly. it, it doesn't make sense. But I, all I could think of is that guy was out the night before with Chad East <laughs> partying at oak yeah. island and he, he got one more one, one more. more classic chetty's one more and uh <laughs> that's so that's it. what one he was more. up to but uh i just had to bring that up because i had I no idea it. It, it had to be somebody you knew <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely well hank buddy that's gonna wrap up this edition of the big fan um i think we accumulated two more extra downloads last uh last podcast hank Two more extras. We are moving on up, moving on up. So we're now to a total of 21 downloads, Hank. I mean, we're breaking world records over here, buddy. Big I time. It. I love it. Yes, big time. Um, so, buddy, enjoy your time at Charleston. I look forward to hearing uh, Harris 
his story about maybe uh, throwing a no-hitter or hitting a couple out of the park. And um, if you get back early enough on Sunday, want to join us for the Masters thing, it, we, we would do that as well. But safe travels, and I will see you soon. And to all our listeners out there of The Big Fan, keep checking out the TheMesh.TV. Uh, you can check out our network. At, dude, I don't know if you've been to our network recently, Hank, but there's like 48 pretty awesome shows on there. There's some really great comedians. There's some new kind of like how to do or, you know, what, what do you call it when you're work hand, you're good with your hands? Like handyman shows, D-Y-I, if you will. DIY. Thank you. DIY. Yes, absolutely. So y'all check out our network, The Mesh. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you guys again in about two weeks. Enjoy your spring break. And have a happy Masters weekend. Peace. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.